All right. Hi, everyone. Um, this is Kaylin, your host. I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping before we started this episode. Uh, please remember to rate and follow the podcast so far just on Spotify. Um, in this bio for the episode, I'll also include the Instagram in there. If you go there, you'll find uh, different ways to find our listener write-in forms. They're Google Forms. They're anonymous. Uh, there's a myriad of, well, there's four. I think that's a myriad, but <laughs> there's, you know, a selection of different types of stories that you can all um, upload because I would love to hear from all of you and learn about you all because you're always listening about, you know, someone that's somehow tied to me or whatever that may be. And like, yeah, I just want to have that interaction with everyone. Um, oh, and then one last thing is... I'm sorry for not getting an episode out on July 13th. This is the first like week that I've missed. I had kind of a funny recording fiasco happen with uh, someone that I was trying to record with. And I will be interviewing him two days from now. So July 16th. And we'll try to get that back out and everything will be golden. But yeah, that's all my housekeeping. And now we will move along to the juicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, today I am joined by Ash. Um, I know her also through Steel and Grace Pole Studio in Santa Cruz. Um, we've been dancing together. How long would you say we've been dancing together? Oh my gosh. That's well, hard I've been to remember. About a year. Yeah, I okay. don't know. I just remember you popping in one time. <laughs> Sometime over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've been dancing with each other for about that long. And um, that's how we know one another. Uh, a few things about her in that regard, because that's how we know one another, is she's a very sensual, flowy, gooey-gooey <laughs> mover. And every time I got to watch her freestyle, it's just the, every time I was like stoked, whether it was like something a little more fiery or something a little more like, you know to the heart like all of it was just like so so enriching <laughs> thank you yeah, i'd love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> um oh and then a little side note to that was uh, this is like our little segue into what we're going to be interviewing about today but um there was a time that ash had brought in uh what is shabari the right way to say it or rope tying or when or I was doing a little rope. bit of just rope okay yeah. yeah yeah um she had incorporated rope into one of her freestyle dances and it was super cool and I had like kind of known that was something that you were like doing we'll dive into how long and all that kind of stuff within the interview mm -hmm. but it was super cool and I was like I have to talk to her about more about this you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah with that um you know, you were exploring, like, mixing that with dance. Um, and I just want to, like, dive in and ask how long you've been practicing it, and we'll go from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I've been practicing Shabari for about a year. Um, okay. And practicing is two forms. Um, I would say I have been a bottom, which means I'm somebody that gets tied up or referred to also as a rope bunny um, a little over a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe, all, yeah, a year and a half. And then I decided to learn to tie, which is also referred to as a rigger. Um, okay. that's been about a year now. Um, but yeah, I do it in different modalities. I okay. have really been exploring it tied with the dance aspect. Um, cause that's been really fun as well. Yay. So have you done a few dances um, since I left with More of the Rope or have you been doing it more at like different studios or are some of your videos yeah. that you record at home? Yes, they're all at home. So um, you have for a the listeners. Yes, for the listeners, I have a little dance studio. Um, I'll just be very candid. I'm very active in the BDSM community and the kink community. Yeah. Um, and so one aspect of that is Shibari. Um, and just a little bit of history of Shibari. Shibari is Japanese rope bondage um, for those that don't know what it is or haven't seen it. And it goes back to the 1400s, 1600s, around the time that martial arts stuff was being created. And it came from a form called Hojo Jitsu, which was rope was being used as a form to restrain uh, criminals or offendants and also used as forms of torture as well. Mm -hmm. So um, over the years, it got tied into the Japanese BDSM community 
and got incorporated into entertainment. And then during the Vietnam War uh, and also around uh, that time, it spread into Europe and more into like the sex clubs and the kink community. And now it's a very common name that many people know about. Um, at least in California, you see it everywhere. Everybody yeah. talks about it. Uh, it's very, I think it's a known name. You may not know the practice, but it's a very common name, I'd say, in the bedroom world, let's say, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily just tied to sex, as we had talked about. Like you can incorporate in de- different forms, like dance and artistry. A lot mm-hmm. of people specifically do it for artistry. Um, or for entertainment or showcasing. Um, And I started incorporating it into my dance maybe like six months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that be explored a little bit more in the community. I've seen like tango style dancing with like two partners and one is like wrapping the ropes really aggressively around the artist or the dancer. Um, And then I'm also seeing a lot of individual ties. I recognize this might be hard to digest from the listeners because they don't haven't seen it yeah. visually, um, yeah, but yeah. there might be some stuff on the internet that you can look at. But um, a lot of people, if you think of like aerial tying, like liras mm-hmm. or like um, people using straps and stuff, uh, people do that also with ropes um, from a, a point that they call uh, a suspension ring or a hard point, which is where that they held the ropes from. Um but I've also seen it used in contact improv. I just took a contact improv rope class up in Oakland, and I also took it with my friend in town. And that's something that I've been really exploring because I'm also involved in contact improv. Um, so it's just like another okay. tool or modality to pull into dance for exploration, another yes. tactile um, <laughs> And one of the things that Steele and Grace teaches about when the S Factor classes is about, you know, like tension and bringing materials in. And that's a great thing for rope to do. Um, But yes, that's not the only form that I use rope for as well. But it is a very fun self-exploration thing to be doing. Um, Yes. And so uh, Kaylin mentioned I I have my own social media platform. It's private. It's um, on Instagram. I have some photos and some dancing that I put on there. Um, And that's usually just for my own uh, community of friends within the kink or the dance world that I know personally that I give access to. Uh, But it's where I um, showcase my art form. And I really just do it for myself. So it's archived. But I like also getting the accolades because I also like to be watched. (laughs) Yeah, own that, baby, own it. Yeah, I know. I'm a total exhibitionist, so I love people watching me. And so this is like my platform to put it out there. Um, but yeah, no, I I love it. It. Um, I started in Shibari. Um, I was in a long term marriage and mm-hmm. had uh, been. Um, not really satisfied on the sexual front, long marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously when you start getting bored, you start exploring ways to spice up your marriage and spice up things. And so I started exploring the BDSM world, um, doing more education versus actually bringing it into my marriage. It wasn't something that me and my ex or my ex wasn't really into at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So during like the last 10 years of my marriage, I was really into educating myself on BDSM, what I would want to do. I read about Shabari. I'd never seen it. And so okay. I had just like this visual of it. So for years, I had never seen it, not knowing it was a common practice at the time because I was in yeah. this sheltered marriage. Um, and then when I got out of my marriage, the first thing I did was like, I am sure as shit. Sorry, I'm going to cuss. No, sorry. All the, all the yeah. episodes are explicit. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, sure as shit, I'm going to dive into the BDSM kink community because this is yes. something I've been longing to do for yeah. 10, 15 years. I could never get my partner on board. And this is me. This is fully me. This is where I'm going to explore myself. Um, you know, sex is such a, just a very important part of my mm-hmm. life. Um, in all aspects, sexuality, sensuality, the act of sex, practice of sex, um, so uh, one of the first things I want to do was to explore uh, Shibari. And so I got some rope and started just learning how to do it a little bit on my own. But I was really more into bondage um, okay. and um, just kind of exploring that and finding riggers. So these are the people that tie you mm-hmm. uh, that would want to explore that with me. Um, and, you know, my first exposure into it was thinking – 
it's just tied to sex. It's tied to the bedroom. It's tied to sex. But that's really not at all. That's just such a small aspect of it um, yeah, because yeah. – People can, like I said earlier, people can use shibari in so many ways. It can be an artistic form, a self-expression form, a dance form, a therapeutic form. Um, it can be a health, a health and mental um, mental health support uh, for them. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a little bit. Um, so I started doing that and exploring that because I'm heavily into bondage. That's just what I'm into on my end. But I found that as I started getting more and more into it, there was such a shortage of rigors, especially mm. in this area. And the kink okay. community in general is quite small, even in the San Francisco, San Jose, and Santa Cruz area. I'm wow, very really? connected in the San. Yeah. I'm, yes. It's surprisingly. That's surprising. It is. I know. I would think so. I know. I'm <laughs> quite surprised. Um, once you know people, you know people. Um, now, this isn't including the swingers community because the swingers community is totally separate. And that's people like changing partners or swapping partners. Mm -hmm. This is just on the kink BDSM side of things. Um, it's, I mean, it's the Bay Area. You would think it would be a very big community. Um, yeah. But once you get to know people, you know people, and it's actually quite small. If you meet somebody, they've been with a friend that's been a partner that's been a partner, and it's it's very kind of similar to this area's like uh, poly, poly community as well. It's not as large as you think it would be. Um, okay. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was starting to find I would go to these events and there just was not a lot of rigors. And so I would be, you know, a bottom as they call me or a rope bunny <laughs> and I'd sit and wait and I'd wait in line and I'd wait in line like, when yeah. is that rigor going to get done? When can he, he or she tie me up? I want to be tied. I want to be tied. And yeah. I found myself going to these events and just sitting and sitting and sitting mm. for a long time. And, um, at that time, I also had a partner that was tying me and that was on its outs. Um, and so I was like, where am I going to find somebody else to tie me? Um, and then I just decided, you know, I don't need to wait for anybody. I don't need to wait anymore. If I want to make something happen, you're supposed to be able to somehow figure out how to do it yourself. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to learn to tie. And I was like, I'll learn to tie myself. So um, – <laughs> In Shibari, you can do a lot of self-tying and self-suspension where you, um, uh, you know, you can uh, suspend yourself from a ring is what they call it or a hard mm -hmm. point. Um, and so I started to try that a little bit, but that really didn't satisfy me. Um, and so then I actually just started getting into tying myself, not myself, but like tying people. And I yeah. became a rigger. And I you have to be way more involved after that, huh? Oh, no more yes, waiting. Yeah. No more <laughs> waiting. No more waiting. And I, yeah. No more waiting. And so like I would go to these events and instead of having to sit and wait on somebody to tie me, I was like, screw this. I'm going to go tie somebody, you know, I'm going to yes. tie somebody and I'm going to, I'm going to service somebody. Cause part of my kink yes. is like, I, it's called a service top. So I service people. Okay. Um, it's what I enjoy. I give them services. I don't mean like sexual and things like that, but I mean like, right, um, right. I could like do impact play rope. Acts of service, yes. Yeah, within so one of my acts community. of service within the kink community. Okay. So one of my acts of service is bondage. I provide bondage services to people. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my kinks is also seduction. I like to seduce people, which you yeah. have seen through my dancing, oh, which I love yeah. to dance. <laughs> so seductive. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I started really heavily getting into uh, being a rigger. And I actually – almost yeah. enjoy it more now than being tied um, because I get to watch people give the gift of surrender. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, what I actually found is that um, this is somewhat uh, generalized, but okay. it's very common in the kink community for the vast majority of individuals that are bottoms to be females or individuals that are mm -hmm. feminine identifying. Um and so, you know, I would see all these feminine identifying individuals, predominantly females, sitting around and waiting and waiting for the stereotypical dominant male that knows how to tie, mm -hmm. to tie mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And there's not very many. So you get all these bottoms flocking to a rigor really fast. Um, so I wanted to also like create a really safe space for individuals and their feminine energy to be able to let go without mm -hmm. having yeah. to feel as if they had to put themselves in a sexual situation. Right. Because oftentimes every 
uh, submissive individual, I'm going to say, that has entered yeah. into the kink community has their first horror story mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting into the kink community and feeling as if they have to go with the most dominant person and it ends up being the sexual experience that they really didn't like, that they just yeah. wanted to experience kink in a, in a sense. They wanted to have that sensation. Um, so my whole shtick is providing a safe space for people to be able to surrender without having to feel as if they have to give their body away. Right. Um, or like act a, a sexual, way. act a certain way yeah, or yeah. have to deliver a sexual service to mm-hmm. in response, like a quid pro quo type of thing. Right. Um, so I predominantly Thai women are a Thai individuals that identify feminine energy. Okay. Um, and uh, I give them a space to surrender. I give them a mm-hmm. space to explore themselves um, and explore what the rope has, the experience that the rope gives to them. Is it sensation? Do they like the tightness? Do they like the scratchiness of it? Do they like the mm-hmm. pressure? Do they like the pain? You know, um, what levels of pain are they comfortable with? Where do we want to explore that? Um, so I just, it's, it's very kind of therapeutic in a really naughty kind of way. Yeah. For me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like it. I really like it. Um, one thing I mentioned about is like mental health and physical health. I, mm-hmm. um, years ago I had suffered from some spinal tumors, um, and I oh, was, shit. um, yeah, I was like immobile for almost seven years. So I had to stop all activity. Mm-hmm. And so I know what chronic pain is and I know what chronic nerve pain is. And it's very yeah. debilitating and it's very uncomfortable. Um, so for me, bondage, um, tight restriction and levels of pain are where I find comfort. Um, it's almost soothing for me. Because I get to leave my head and go into my body and feel my sensation. Yeah. And I also get to strategically challenge myself to see like how much can I take and how much can I surrender into. Kind of for me, it's like a warm, it's like a warm bath. It's like stepping into a warm bath and just relaxing your muscles. That may not be for everybody. Totally. But it's that it's that way for me. Um, and so that's like what I like to deliver or provide a service to for people to experience. Um but going back to the chronic pain, I have a good friend of mine um, mm-hmm. that has suffered from uh, long COVID, and she Ooh. has nerve nerve pain. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. nerve pain, and she's trying to sort out how do you live in a world where you have chronic pain because it's yeah. men- it just mentally fucks with your head when you totally. look fine and yeah. you're trying to talk, yeah. but you are in pain, and that's what I had. I looked fine. But underneath, I was in so much pain when I would talk to people, walking, mm. stepping, picking up bags. It was just, it was really horrible. So one of the things that I'm working with her on is utilizing rope as a way to mentally rewire her brain on how to receive pain in a positive way. It doesn't always need to be negative. Right. It can have a positive feeling um, and it can have a different feeling from just sitting around, whereas she's getting the service of me providing to this in a very sensual, safe environment. Yeah. Um, and she's requesting it versus not requesting it and her body and just delivering her that yeah. pain. And yeah. it's just happening. Yeah. So that's that's another aspect that so psychological. some therapists. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some therapists use rope. Uh, there was a gentleman, oh, uh, there's so a documentary. Cool. I can't remember. I think it might be on PBS or something. Okay. About a therapist in Sweden that uses rope for women specifically that are trying to recover from sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about okay. restraint and getting comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So rape, like many forms, of, has different modalities and yeah. can be utilized in so many ways. Yeah. What's really funny is that I was first attracted to the artistry of it. It's absolutely stunning when you see some of the patterns that these people tie. I think like yes. macrame on a body. Like it's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. And the way the skin I, is like, I don't even know how to describe imprinted. what it looks like. In, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I was like, what's the word? Yeah. Yeah. We call those, we call those rope kisses. Rope kisses. Um, I was like, so like kisses, but rope kisses. Yes, but rope kisses. <laughs> yeah. So once rope is tied tightly on your body for a, a period of time, it can leave a mark on you. And that mark can last a couple minutes to a couple days to like a week or so. Everybody's okay. body's different on it. Um, but 
when I first got into it, it was like, oh, I want to be a decorative rigger. I want to tie like really beautiful things. But that takes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that takes, I, I found that I don't have the patience for that. And I'm actually yeah. not into that. I'm more into about exploring people's pain thresholds is what it is and like what they like for bondage and yeah. exploring that within their body because everybody's body's different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're made up differently, tissue, fat, nerve locations, all those things are very different on a body and every individual is different. And then you just work through that experience with them. I will say that within the kink community, rope is known as one of the most dangerous forms of play to have. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's because of you're working with nerve and nerve compression right. and you have to be very careful with the placement of that. Um, there's different types of tying. There's floor tying where you're not suspending people into the air. And mm-hmm. then there's suspension. Um, I do both. Uh, and it's really... it's both, but the suspension in particular is typically where you can run into problems from nerve compression and that can crush a nerve. And then you can lose uh, movement or modality of the limb for a couple hours to a couple weeks to a couple months. You just don't know. Nerve damage is just something you have to be (laughs) really careful of. Yeah. 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 So how do you monitor that as a rigger? Um, you know, you take classes, number one, and, um, a lot of the, now online education is just so informative. There's so Mm -hmm. many resources out there. A lot of times when you're watching something educational, that's a tutorial, they'll talk about the nerve placement and what to be careful of. Um, but the arms are certain areas on the, on the arms and the legs Mm -hmm. and the inner thighs that you typically watch for. And then the biggest thing is that when you're tying somebody, you just frequently check in just like with anything, it's consent and communication and just making sure you're working with somebody that's comfortable speaking up for themselves. You know, you want to make sure that you have a really good form relationship on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, um, a little segue we could go back to was, um, your mentioning of the Swedish therapist, the documentary about, um, using it as a form of therapy you mentioned Sweden, and I want to talk a little oh, bit yeah. about what you're going to be doing soon. Share with us all. <laughs> yay! <laughs> um, yay. I, um, I'm going to a camp in Sweden. It's a shibari camp for a week, a week long um, in Sweden. And um, I've never been before. I have – I used to do a lot of West African dancing. I did like 15 years okay. of it. And so I have traveled over Africa. When I get involved in something, I usually try – like to really get involved in it. Mm-hmm. And about a year ago, I was looking um, for like, there's got to be some concentrated yeah. camp because like yeah. they would have that with West African dancing. You could go to New York, you could go to New Mexico. Um, cool. You could do these week long intensives, but I had the darnest time finding an intensive mm. for Shavari. There's kink camps you can go to and there's like um, multiple classes on rope you can do, but nothing solely focused in on Shavari. Um, so I found one or I found it through my ex partner who Mm -hmm. mentioned it about a year or so ago. And I was like, that's right up my alley. That's really what I would be doing normally. Um, It's very competitive and I missed the window and I missed the prior year window. And so I finally applied this year and I got in with another good friend of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. so we're really excited. We're venturing out there in August. We're going to be there for a week and then I'm going to travel around Sweden for a little bit longer. Um, But I'm excited. I'm intimidated. I don't know what to expect. Um, I mean, yes, I've been like tying like crazy to be like, I got to make sure I can back, you know, walk my walk and talk my talk. So um, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's going to be various skill levels there, but it's still like when you're just there for that particular focus, um, I just need to remain calm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like if it's that competitive and- um, I, I would hope, I don't want it to be an overgeneralization, but my hope would be that most people in the kink community are like understanding of the varying levels and everyone yeah. has their different reasons for wanting to be there. So it's like, you're, you're going to be welcome no matter what. I feel like yeah, most I, it people are be. pretty awesome. Yeah, they yeah. are. Everybody's pretty understanding. And, and you know, yeah. they cultivated the group of people there based on like what they're willing to contribute. It's like a co-creating environment. So everybody's going to be contributing. And I'm actually mm-hmm. going to go and teach a dance class there. Oh, so teach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to go teach a dance class. I've been doing some choreography. Um, so oh, I've been putting that, that together. Is that posted a few days ago? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh a little gosh. bit of that. That's snippets of it. I had to yeah, cut yeah, yeah. it down. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to finish it up on Saturday. So I'm pulling in oh all God. of my non-dancing Shh. friends to test it out with them because I need non-dancers to be able to see if they can run the routine. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to teach a class because it's predominantly rope, but there are spaces where you can uh, – anybody in the community can teach something different. It okay. could be anything. And I was like, well, let's step away from rope and maybe do some sensuality. Let's Good do, movement, let's get yeah. into our bodies. Yes. Um, because rope is very sensual and it can be very sexual, but mm-hmm. um, I really want to have them step away and be able to just really connect into the senses um, yeah. and then maybe take that into their practice. Um, and then I'm also going to do a little performance. I'm going to do like a rope type of strip tease, chair oh, restraint yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So I'm practicing oh. that today with a good friend of mine. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I could see that. That's going to be so much fun. You have to text me after you do your performance. I will. You have to text I me will. about everything afterwards. <laughs> I will. I'm going to try to record the performance. I don't. I won't be posting oh, it live, yeah. but I might show it to a couple people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it'll be fun. I'm. Um, I haven't done and it, it. I picked my music out. My friend's coming today, who's gonna just basically be my dummy in the chair, and I'm gonna tie yeah. her up and just kind of dance around her and figure out what I'm gonna do. So Yay. yeah, oh, it's yeah. gonna be so beautiful, Ash. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask about what your application process was like for the camp, mm-hmm. or for what? Oh, for it the camp, was. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, you just have to fill out some information that they ask specific questions, and they okay. change every year. And it's. Um, hmm. I felt like I was applying to graduate school. It was so stressful. <laughs> it wasn't. They asked five questions. It wasn't that big of a deal, but you know, like only thirty people get in. Yeah. And so, and people are applying from all around the world. Um, yeah, but I think only two hundred people applied, so it wasn't as many okay. as I thought. Um, and so, but. I knew I knew a couple I knew a person that was going to be there that I was able to reference and give me a reference so that helped a lot. Um, okay. But also, uh, you know, they want to make sure that they get some people from the United States over there as well and different right. people of Europe. So they try to mix it up culturally within that mm-hmm. environment. Um, so the questions weren't difficult. It's just like, am I answering it right? How long oh, am I supposed yeah. to write this thing? How do you I know? make myself um, stand out? <laughs> yeah. How do I make myself stand out? The first questions I wrote were like five pages. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It was just like, no, it was me and my neuroticness. I was like, okay, I really have to edit this down to like a page and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, pick me, pick me. Um, <laughs> but I got in. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to meet new friends. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see, um, to learn from teachers in the, uh, European community because their teaching style is a little bit different. Also, the way that they perceive and receive in the kink community, I'm told, is different as well. Um, so that should just be fun and interesting to make friends abroad and Yay. and kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you what have you heard about their different teaching styles and giving and receiving? Well, I know that women in general are more open, sexually more direct. Um, I know mm-hmm. that sexual education is provided to them way earlier on than here. It's mm-hmm. not as um, taboo or closed off, so to speak, here or hush hush. It's just yeah, more yeah. open. It's just more part of their culture. Um, and I think like flirting is just more natural. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's. It's going to be really interesting teaching a sensual dance class because I don't know how sensuality plays into their culture. I know how sex mm. education plays into their culture, right, but I don't right, know right, how right. sensuality plays into their culture. Yeah. Um, so it'll be really interesting. I just know that they're more open, they're more free, and they have been more exposed to sexual exposure, sexual education, and sexual experiences earlier earlier on than we were. I think they started around the 50s and 60s. We started more around the 70s and 80s okay. culture-wise. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're going to fit right in. You'll be <laughs> it'll be easy for you. You're such, I feel like you're a very open-minded person. Like I mean, coming I on here and talking about it, it's like I... <laughs> oh, it's going to be beautiful. I feel like you'll feel right at home. Something I will. I I, I think I will. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Oh I'm just really gosh. excited to meet new people and um yeah, and then I'm traveling solo after I've never traveled solo before, so I'm traveling solo. I mean, I've traveled a lot internationally, but I've never yeah. traveled solo internationally, so that's that's another thing as well. So I'm hoping I make friends at camp that invite me to their place. Yeah, you're like, "Can I come stay with you, please?" I know, please. Get the local scoop. Please. 
<laughs> no, right? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, I do have yeah. some more questions. Let's see. Okay. Um, some of them I think we dived into a little bit. Um, what are some misconceptions about rope in general? Or anything you could dive into the kink community a little bit too, whatever. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that they automatically, I, I would say rope and kink in general, they automatically <clears throat> think it's tied to sex and it's actually not. Um, yeah, even yeah. when I first dived in, I mean, I will say it comes from an interest to peak uh, to explore it sexually. And a lot mm-hmm. of times people experience it first within the bedroom. So bedroom kink is typically where people have their, right. their jumping off point. Um, but uh, actually I have a lot of people that I top, um, meaning I put them in dominant situations or I may provide a service to them and it's not sexual at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I may do like impact play. I may do restraints. I may do um, wax play, fire play, all different okay. types of play that I can do with them. But it's just uh, – it's actually just friendship-based and it's something that we just like to do and it's fun. Like let's hang out. Hey, let's tie each other what up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, <gasps> So, yeah, I would think that's the biggest misconception is that people think that in order to be in the PD- mm-hmm. BDSM community, it's just strictly sex or you're going to places and it's just sex. And that's actually not – I would find in my experience and within my community, it's mostly about having the experience and the exposure mm-hmm. and having that resource available to people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's great if it's linked up to sex. That's a bonus, but it doesn't yeah. have to be. And I find that most people just want to receive that service, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is very beautiful for people to be willing to surrender themselves and put themselves in somebody's hands to do that, yeah. especially in in things that may be pain or uncomfortable related. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say another – misconception about shibari is that it's comfortable it looks really beautiful and angelic you see all these beautiful pictures and it looks very it's very romanticized yeah it's uncomfortable as fuck it is painful <laughs> it is uncomfortable it is bondage it yeah. is not comfortable all those yeah. pretty pictures are people putting on a face um, yeah 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 you can you can definitely do some light bondage and some like nice light comfy stuff but most people mm-hmm. aren't doing it for that. Um, yeah. So when I tie a lot of times, first people first, when I tie them the first time, I have to really explain to them like what you've seen looks very beautiful and angelic, but mm-hmm. it's, you're going to be uncomfortable. This, the yeah. intent is to bind you up and restrict you so you cannot move. Right. That's the intent of the art form. We don't have to do that. We can definitely have it loose and we can – some practices of shibari are actually learning to break free out of the rope. Some are to not move Ooh. at all. Some are just to have some restraint. So there's different styles of rope yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some people like loose ties or challenging ties. One one type of tie that I like to do is called predicament ties where you're put in a compromised position mm-hmm. and you can choose to move your body this way but then you have that consequence or you move this way and you have that consequence. Like I could move my head, but it might pull on my toe in a really uncomfortable manner. Oh. Or I might move my body, but it cuts my airway from like a tighter rope on my waist. Yeah. So these are called predicament ties. And these are some of what called some of the torture ties. These are what I like to do and what I like to yeah. experience. It's like the strategy, like what do you want to do now? Do you want to sit down? Well, you can't sit down. Do you mm-hmm. want to lift your toe up? If you lift your toe up, you're going to cut your airway, your breathing. You're going to restrict yeah. your breathing. Um, so they're kind of like mean, nasty, playful things to do to your bottoms. Um, That's super cool though. It's evil. like a problem with solution, but like <laughs> yeah, a different a, – it's like yeah. tying it into movement as opposed to everything that's up here in your head. Yes, yes, yeah. Which is super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many forms of ways to play with uh, rope. So, yes. So, it's um, it's not comfy, cozy. It can mm-hmm. be, but it's usually not. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily tied to sex. It's, to me, it's, and I think most people, it's more about the experience and what you mm. use it for. Um, and, uh, and say with the kink community, it's not strictly tied to sex. I think it generates from that interest and that peak to spice things up. But typically, uh, people that stay within the community are typically doing it because they want it for some particular reason. Maybe be therapeutic, 
yeah. trauma related. That, I was um, going to ask you about that. Sensual related. Yeah. Yeah. How, Which part? How, on the trauma? Yeah. Diving into trauma a little bit and yes. or as little or as much as you want to. Um, this is yeah. a fully open podcast. Yeah. I won't dive into it all. I'm curious yeah. how many people come to you and they directly want to explore that. Yes. So I would imagine, yeah. unfortunately, there might be a lot of people that come and they're like, there is this thing. Like tra- trauma, I feel like, is probably a pretty natural thing that most of us experience, as big or little as it may be. Yeah. But I'm curious how many people like directly want yeah. to explore that with you. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say most people. Um, okay. Most okay. people want to. Uh I have to be very careful when I do any type of place people when I talk them to talk about uh, bodily injuries that they may have as well as triggers, what yeah. type of triggers, how they respond to triggers. Maybe just like touching their hair is a trigger and it could mm-hmm. cause them to cry. Um, touching a shoulder, being too gentle with them can be a trigger. Too yeah. hard or too aggressive, verbally demeaning, all those things can be triggers to different people as mm-hmm. well as tying them and restraining them. Um, so... I just check in a lot. People yeah. don't necessarily want to be triggered. Um, I will say this is a very generalized statement. So if it insults people, I apologize. But it's just what I have observed is that many yeah. people in the kink community are working through their triggers or their trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have proclivities and interests because of something that we've experienced. Um, right. Right, right, right. I will just be very candid and I don't mind saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an exhibitionist. I'm a sadist and I'm a masochist. And so like I like to inflict pain, I like to receive pain, and I like to be watched. Um, Mm -hmm. Not all of that is sexual related, but it's in the type of play that I like to do. So I frequently get a lot of people come to me wanting to receive pain because I deliver Mm -hmm. pain. Pain could be anything from a tiny little pinch to something extremely extreme, like really hard impact play. So everybody's perception of pain level is very different and at different grades. My my intention is not to maximize pain mm-hmm. for that individual that I service. It's more so what do they need and, and what levels do they want to go to? Do they want to be pushed or not be pushed? Um, yeah. And like I said, that could just be a tiny little push. It could even just be like tickling could be enough for them. <laughs> Everybody is completely different um, and perceives it very differently. So it's not like I'm going to smack you across your face. And that's that's just not really – it could be anything. And everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. level is so different. Um, yeah. So I would think that's also like another generalization within the kink and the rope community is like I've got a high pain threshold mm-hmm. or I'm, you know, a, a masochist. I like to receive pain. Well, it's just everybody's so different, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and so communication, communication, communication is the key. Yeah. And checking in the whole way through. Um but yes, trauma, I get people wanting to experience that. Like my friend with the pain, the pain, mm-hmm. we're working on rewiring her perception of pain it, for it not to be negative, but her it also to be beautiful, surrendering, mm-hmm. graceful, and positive and a way to move through it. It doesn't always have to be negative. It can, it can have a positive connotation. For me, uh, I like to receive pain because it takes it out me out of my head and into my body. And like I said, for me, it's like a warm bath. Um, some days it could be the pinch and some days it may be a really hard spanking. I don't know. You know, it could be something <laughs> really rough or just yeah. like even being on the pole and having the pole like yeah. hit my arm, you know, yes. like I yeah. always think of like pole dancers are going to be the best rope bottoms because they already know what pain is. I can tie them all up. Because they're just, they're not going to even be blinking eye. They're used to all those bruises all over their bodies. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. So it's just, uh, it's just different. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of trauma and triggers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent within any type of unusual sensual sexual play to be mm-hmm. sensitive to. Um, and so it's just making sure if anybody's new listening to this, that's wants to explore this, you just need to really make sure that you are associating yourself with somebody that, uh, isn't trying to pursue or service you specifically for sexual reasons. I would say make sure it's more for service related and that they're the highly experienced and that they have references. Checking references is a very important thing within the kink community. So you have to be very careful with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, I think why the community is also so small is Mm. um, you just don't jump in, don't jump in blindly. blindly. I think another perception is, is that people jump in on the sexual aspect, but actually the best way to do it is just jump in and try to build a community of non-sexual partners, just friends, males, females, non-identifying individuals, um, and just explore it and build your community. And then maybe you'll find a sexual partner along the way. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you don't, you know, you have what you wanted to explore and you can go in that direction. And uh, within the kink community, we always say our interests are always evolving. One yeah. minute we may yeah. be one way and the next we may not, you know, um, we never firmly define ourselves. Mm-hmm. We just say mm-hmm. today we're feeling this and, you know, the next day we may not want to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just a fluid, it's a fluid aspect. Yes. That, that yeah. actually um, dives a little bit into something else I wanted to ask you, which was how have you seen your exploration in the past year, you said? Mm-hmm. How have you seen that? Um, well, I don't want to make it like there's ups and downs, but how have you seen it? Like oscillate kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Flow. It's like the, not the up yeah. and down, but like what has, what changes, what comes back? Like yeah. what are some new things you've learned about yourself from day it's one so, to now? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I've been talking about pain and how I like to receive yeah. pain. And as I tie more and more people and provide that service to them, I'm getting more and more scared to receive pain because I do things and I'm like, I don't want to do that. To, I don't want to receive that. The way I'm servicing this person, I don't want somebody to serve that service that way I'm kind of getting scared of it a little bit which I think is actually fine yeah Yeah. I'm just like I don't I'm becoming a little bit more of a baby plus I don't (laughs) bottom I don't bottom as much anymore right um yeah as I was saying there's such a um there's not a lot of uh well there's getting more and more female riggers in the rope community in this area but not but not a lot especially in the Santa Cruz area there's very few um Mm -hmm. riggers in general um so yeah, I'm just doing so much topping that I'm not bottoming as much and I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. Um, so again, bottoming is like the individual receiving the service or the submissive, if right. you want to call them that. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of flipping a little bit. I'm really liking okay. being in the dominant role, um, which when I started out, my day-to-day, I'm in a very dominant, controlling individual. So when I entered yeah. into the kink community, I really liked to be in that surrender, like, submissive state. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Be, put me in my safe space. <laughs> let me let me have that other experience, like the yin and yeah. yang. Let me have the other surrender yeah. side, like the female side of receiving and the sensual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also hard to find good partners in the kink community. Not that people are bad, but it's just yeah. – um, I just haven't found a partner quite yet to, like, stick around. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I have predominantly just been staying in this dominant role and it's just very natural for me. Um, Yeah. And so that's just kind of where I've been hunkered lately. Although I do love the submissive side so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm curious. You mentioned that with your day-to-day and how that's how you're operating. And then this, I I don't want to like boil it down to rope and BDSM in general is being an escape yeah. but um for lack of a more eloquent explanation like you're here day to day you're in your escape and it's that same energy you're harnessing what do you do when you're alone like how what's your I'm trying to think of the best way to like phrase this when you're just with yourself how how are how are you feeling? What are you doing like when you're at home? Like what's your what's your day to day? Do you see that really being super question. different? Or does it still feel like you're very like action based when you're still at home? I'm always I'm very action based. Okay. Um, what I okay. will say is is since I entered back into the dance community, um, because I stepped out for eleven years because of my health issues and because I had a kid. Right. And so I entered back in, that's when I got back into pole and stuff. Um so the S Factor classes have really helped me get into my feminine energy is what I'll yeah. call it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people may not like the reference of male, female. You could do yin and yang. You could do negative, positive, black and white, whatever you want to do. Just the counter mm-hmm. energy to that that is doing, doing, doing. This is the energy that's receiving, that's right. soft, that's accepting, and that flows. Instead mm-hmm. of pushes, they flow, they receive, and they go They go with it. Um, uh, so... 
what I do, I dance. I have my own dance studio in my garage. So I'll yes. dance. I'll do my rope. I'll turn my lights down. Yeah. Um, I'll sit in my hot tub. I'll have a glass of wine. Oh. I'm really into like, because um, because of the S Factor classes that I've been taking, I'm really trying to balance out. I'm going to just keep calling it male-female energy. Yeah. Uh, I really keep trying to balance out my male-female energy because you don't want one dominant over the other. You right. want them both right, right, right. equalized. Um, and so there's, there's times of day when it's best to be in your masculine energy and there's times Mm -hmm. of day when it's best to be in your feminine energy or to have that in between. I've mastered the masculine. I've mastered the dominant. I've mastered the controlling, the take. It's the receiving, the step back. It's the receive. It's the gentleness that I never really cultivated from a child up because I always did everything super independent. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what I do is I dance like every single Every yeah. single day of dancing, music is critical for me. It's my self-soothing. I have to have mm-hmm. music playing. Um, it just gets me immediately into my senses. It immediately grounds me. Um, so when I'm by myself, I'll listen to music. I'll make my playlists. I make a lot of playlists for a lot of rope events or kink yeah. events. Um, I'm known for that. So I have my Spotify account. I followed um, it. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to follow it, that's totally open. It's called Sub to Savage Music Share. So you can go on there and you can follow that or listen to it. It's got some great music for playing, for the bedroom, for dancing. Um, yes. It's sensual. It's erotic. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. We'll um, in this episode too, in the episode okay, description. Great. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, music, uh, dancing, um, and lots of walking. Yeah. Walking. I try to now, yeah, walking with my dog, going to the beach. I have to be by water. Water grounds yes. me, seeing the ocean. Um, Snaps to that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Seeing the ocean just instantly, just like, oh, it's just yeah. so grounding. Seriously. Um, but I, uh, I always operate in life by making decisions for my head. So mm. I'm now transitioning, trying to make more of my decisions by what's by what my body feels. And that's the feminine energy side of things. So it's definitely an effort. It's not natural for me. So all those things I have to incorporate daily. Otherwise I get really crabby. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's hard if you're operating within one extreme for too long. I've like just recently started to realize about, realize that about myself on the other end of the, of the spectrum. I feel like I'm, always like so here like my mom has always told me like you just wear your heart on your sleeve and I'm like (laughs) you do like you emanate it (laughs) (laughs) oh but it's like so frustrating sometimes because I'm like this just like overtakes everything up here um not that that's always a bad thing but it can make like day-to-day stuff pretty difficult I'd say and um my like biggest realization with it and I'm sure there are plenty of people who can relate to either side of this like what you mentioned for yourself or what I'm about to mention for me which is like the societal pressures that are put on us Mm -hmm. for you you know uh, Elise would dive into this a lot with like we operate in a society where this is so valued and Mm -hmm. maybe that's something that was just like really pushed on you childhood to adulthood and something that just you know, fell into a rhythm. And then there's also the other societal pressure of like, okay, if you're like female presenting um, from a young age, well, not female presenting from a young age, but if from a young age and you find yourself female presenting into adulthood, you're told that you have to be a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And like, that's something that is like thrown at you too. So it's like this weird balance. And I've just been like thinking about it a lot and like, man, how do I explore the other end of the spectrum and how do I find that balance? And I wanted to have you on here because every time I think about like getting to like tie someone up and like do that kind of stuff, um, you know, like you said, sex is maybe like the first place to explore, but even just doing it with friends and stuff, like I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe that could help, but there's, like, I don't know, there's plenty of other things that can help with that kind of thing that are action-based, but it, it was just an interesting, like, observation that I had about, you know, that balance that we're talking about throughout yeah. our conversation. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I feel like, um, 
my head is its own little entity. It floats. Yeah. And that's like what I primarily operate from. But it sounds like you operate from your neck down. Yes. I operate from my head. I'm like, I have to connect them together. Yes. Right now I'm like, I'm shifting from one body unit to the next. It's head or body, head or body. But I'm like, I have to have the two glued together and yeah. flowing. I haven't gotten yeah. to the flow state yet. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I'm trying to get familiar being in the body. Um, yeah. But I do pick that up from you so much. And there's a couple other people in pole that are the same way. It's just like, and I just like, I'm like, oh, I just gravitate towards that. Cause it just gives me such like a melty and warm feeling and like, and just your energy. Like it's so mist in class. Oh my God. It's just like, it's like a little black hole. It's like, it's out of here. Um, but yeah, you just, I just like, it's definitely your feminine energy just mm-hmm. radiates of like you oh. talk like you being truly in your emotions like yeah. it just it's all around you <laughs> yeah it's so overpowering it's overpowering it's but my Pisces I, moon oh well that explains it totally <laughs> 100 100 but I would assume like do people gravitate towards you yeah. <laughs> they do. I know. Yeah. yeah. They don't gravitate. They don't, people don't gravitate towards me. I think because I'm so in my head, it's like I. Oh, interesting. I think I have like this like firm presence. I don't know. It's like. I love your I'm presence. Like, I, need I felt like. I felt magnetized to you from the day I met you. I was like, she is so awesome. Like, I have to oh. know her. <laughs> well, we're yin and yang. That's we why. Are yin and yang. <laughs> oh, that's so special. um yeah no I just yeah I'm like I need to be softer I need to be Mm -hmm. softer um but yeah no it's it it has its it has its place but yeah it does oh I feel like this is a good like closing the book for now (laughs) how do you feel (laughs) I feel good I feel great yeah yay I feel like you can just talk about this for hours I can. When it comes to um, kink, rope, and sex, I can talk for hours. I should have been a sex yes, yes, yes. Uh, therapist. It's probably what I should have been. It's such a comfortable I've had so space many for me to be. Tell me that too. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's such it's, a comfortable oh, thing so for cool. me. Yeah, it's. I think because it's such so taboo, um, and coming yeah. out of my marriage, I, we could never talk about it. We, I was not allowed to talk mm. about it, and it's such a natural thing. And so. All my yeah, friends are yeah. in the kink community and it's what we talk about. And it's just a normal yeah. thing. So um, I encourage people to self-explore and become comfortable with that because it's not something to be yeah. ashamed of. No, yeah. not at all. It's how we all ended up here. It's something yeah. that connects people, like not even bringing it to like how people get brought into the world, but it truly is something that's connecting. If we're going to talk about sex yes. specifically, but just all the different aspects of how we can explore ourselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. And most importantly, finding the confidence within yourself with whatever yes. direction that may be. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Oh, Yay. thank you, Ash. I, You're um, welcome. This is like, I usually ask, what are your closing thoughts? But you you just went right in. Oh, well, there. <laughs> it was that natural flow. <laughs> I was feeling my body. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, thank you everyone yeah. for tuning in um, this week. I think I'll be releasing this one. Um, let me look, look at my calendar really quick. Do, 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 do. I'll be releasing this one on July 20th. Um, and I think there we'll pick back up to our regular episodes just about every Thursday unless anything happens with weird Wi-Fi connections. But um, this was Ash and all of her wonderful glory sharing her rope journey with us all yeah thank you so much thank you goodbye everybody